Usually we, it fades out. There we go. Hi, this is Beth Wyman, the dietitian. Welcome to Wednesday's Nutrition Matters podcast. Hi, Beth. Hi, Beth. Hi. How are you, Beth? Hi. I'm good. How are you today? My name is Derek. How are you? I'm great. Did you have any questions for today, Derek? We're going to be talking about carbohydrates. Yeah, I don't eat processed foods anymore. Okay. All right. So you don't eat processed foods anymore. Yeah. Hey, Derek, do you want to give Beth a little background on who you are and what you are for the whole class so she understands you just a little bit more? Right, Mary. Derek, explain who you are a little bit so she understands who you are. Can you do that? Sure. Derek is a regular on our shows, and he's a big advocate and promoter. And Derek is also a teacher, and he is working on losing and he is working on um, building muscle mass. That's great. That's, those two things go very well together when you're working on losing weight and building muscle mass. We typically call it like um, body recomposition, where you might not see as much of a weight shift sometimes. There might be times where you see like the inches change in your body um, because you're losing fat mass and gaining muscle mass. So that's a very interesting journey to um, to work on with changing the body composition, right? Like what your body is made up of. So today was talking about carbohydrates. You know, hopefully you're focused on getting that your carbohydrates from like um, whole grains and fruits, um, things that don't have a lot of added processed sugars to them. Um, and of course, you bread. need a really good bread. Yeah, yeah. So, whole wheat bread is a great carbohydrate source. It's got fiber content to it, and you want fiber because that's going to slow down the digestion and absorption. So, what happens when you have something with fiber in it, like the whole wheat bread, you're going to feel fuller for longer, right? So it helps prevent some snacking. Um, and it's also going to make sure that there's steadier release of the carbohydrates from your intestine into your bloodstream. Okay. 
So whole wheat bread is a great choice with lots of fiber. Um, other other grain products like oatmeal where there's some fiber to it uh, are a great choice too. A lot of times it comes down to how much you're having um, because even rice is a good choice, but how much you're having matters. I get brown rice. Right? Brown rice. Yeah, and that's fine. Brown rice has a little bit more fiber content to it than the white rice. Um, not a huge difference. You know, every little bit counts. Fiber adds up really quickly. Um, for, a, for a general diet, um, the guideline is 25 to 30 grams of fiber every day. So even an extra gram or two can go a long way. What other kinds of foods have you added into your eating? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And another thing is to, with carbohydrates is spacing them throughout the day, right? So if we have a meal that is all carbs and nothing else, so that would pretty much be like a bowl of fruit, right? Um, you're you're going to be hungry pretty quickly. Carbs are a great energy source, so they're great for, like, right before a workout to make sure that you are you have the energy to use while you're doing your workout. Um, but protein helps us feel satisfied, and the fat content, any kind of fat content, is going to help us feel full for longer, kind of like that fiber. It works a little bit differently, but you end up with a – a very similar result. Yeah, that's so, a good yeah. group for the radio show. Contact her that way too if you've got questions. Yeah. Yep. If you have any specific questions, you can always go on my website, WymanNutrition.com, and reach out to me. Um, is is always an easy way, and that way we can get into anything specific just for you um, and what you need, um, right? Because this we like to keep really general so it can apply to lots of people. Um, and um, and then if anybody needs anything specific, it's best to reach out individually. But generally, carbs are good when you space them throughout the day which falls into what I always say of you want to eat about every three to four hours, which I know that there were some questions on, like, um, intermittent fasting a few episodes ago. And I really stick with routine intake throughout the day as the best course of action. And having a little bit of carbs goes a long way. Um, and now it's important to get some, like I said, at every every meal, every Every snack, you want a little bit. Of course, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, because you want to have that um, that energy intake, right? If carbs are a primary energy source, you want to have some of that energy to use at every meal. Now, carbs are in almost everything except for meat, right? So you're always getting it a little bit, even if you're having – you know, a plate full of vegetables, you're still be, going to be getting in a little bit of carbohydrates. Um, most foods aren't super cut and dry where they're only providing you with one thing, except fruit. Fruit is carbohydrates. And that's okay. Um, so it gets difficult to say, like, and, like, you should only have certain things at each meal because our preferences are different, right? And uh, we're going to get really in the weeds and hung up on it if you think about the exact number of grams that you're having at every meal. And for some people, they need that, and that works for them, but that's a lot to figure out exactly how many grams are in, like, your carrots versus your green beans. You know, it's a lot easier to say, okay, some starchy vegetables that are higher in carbohydrates are potatoes, peas, and corn. So when I'm doing meal planning with clients, we count those just like we count a slice of bread. And we just put them in a different bucket. It makes it a lot simpler, and you get a 
the same result, right, where you're getting in enough carbohydrates throughout the day, but we've simplified it to make it a little bit easier when you're trying to make choices. Um, so for anybody that's looking to figure out, oh, well, you know, what are my starchy vegetables? How do I count things? I just simplify it to peas, corn, potatoes, and I don't get into white potato versus sweet potato. I lump them all together. Um, there are slight differences, but when you're look at, looking at for something very general and applicable to a variety of situations, it's easier to just group them together. Um, so what's interesting and something that I love asking when I'm doing groups is asking how, how many carbs or what percentage of your intake for the day needs to come from carbohydrates because you get such a wide variety of answers. You want to take a guess, Mary? I think we might have already talked about this. You might already know. I always get this question wrong. I even got this question wrong on my test when I was certified as a nutritionist. God, I don't remember. It's <laughs> Generally speaking, 50% of your calorie intake should be coming from carbs. And it, it varies. It depends on a bunch of other situations. But generally speaking, 50% is the, is the rule of thumb. And then the other two sections, you see ranges, but it would be about 20 to 30% comes of your calories come from protein and about 20 to 30% come from fat. Um, but it is our primary fuel source. And that's definitely important to remember. Um, you know, not that we're generally short on carbs, but I feel like they get a really bad rap um, when it really comes down to where they're coming from, right? Um, so, so a lot we, of kids, yeah. when they're tired and lethargic, or even adults, when they go on these carb-free diets, that is a big reason why they're just tired. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not giving, and especially there's a lot of brain fog associated with going on a low-carb diet, and that's because your brain functions best on carbohydrates. So when you're not giving your brain the fuel that it likes, it's not going to run quite as well. So if you have kids that are trying a low-carb diet, it can get especially detrimental to, like, their schooling and learning and the developing that they still need to be doing. Right? Or in terms of adults, think about, like, impact on work performance, right, or even just generally, like, enjoying your day. You don't need to be miserable. Um, so adding in a little bit of carbohydrates is good, and it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, it does swing the other way, and like I was saying, it, it matters where they come from. Because if you, if you are doing a lot of really refined, simple carbohydrates, they're not going to keep you full for as long as the, um, the more high-fiber carbs or carbs paired with a protein. And that's where you start to get into, like, the energy spikes or, like, a blood sugar spike and crash. Um, because all of us, all humans, our blood sugar goes up a little bit after we eat. And then normally, if we're not dealing with any kind of, um, like, insulin resistance or diabetes, it naturally comes back down. So there is that natural sort of like rolling hill to your blood sugar throughout the day. Um, and that's to be expected, but that can also be sometimes why we feel tired um, when we need to eat is because we don't have that energy available and floating around essentially to use. I found um, I found this really cool graphic at one point that I'm pulling up, and it shows like where your body uses the carbs. And I thought it was really interesting that um, your brain uses about 
23% of the carbohydrates that you take in. And then your liver and your gut use about 29%. And then your muscles use about 26%. And then there's other little percentages sprinkled in there too. But that's, those are the, the biggest places where they're used in your body. Sorry, I'm dog sitting and I need to close this door so he stops whining. Thank you. It's not your show. I'm sorry, man. He really likes to snuggle, but the cat doesn't really like to snuggle with him. We uh we tried it last night and it didn't go over so well. Oh. Well, now I feel that, but he shut up so that we don't have to listen to him whine. Um, I touched a little bit on, like, what to have, right? Things with higher fiber, like the whole wheat bread, or things like fruit where you've got some fiber content to it as well, or oats. Um, but another way to do it is to make sure that you're eating your carbs with something else. Um, so pairing it with um, with a protein or even, like, a higher-fat protein can help to make sure that you're feeling full um, and satisfied by what you're eating, too. And so this would be something like, um, think about, like, an apple and cheese, right, or an apple and peanut butter. Those snacks work really well together because you're pairing a carbohydrate from the apple with a high-fat protein, so either, like, cheese or peanut butter. Um, and that's a snack that's going to um, give you energy but also keep you full and satisfied um, all in one, all in one, not meal, but eating event, snacks. Um, there's plenty of other options, too, um, right? You could do, and there are even, like, I saw snack boxes in the grocery store where they've prepackaged these things and you can just pick it up. So it would be a snack box of like like blueberries and almonds or something um, where they've already done the pairing for you and you can just get it. That's in our local grocery store, um, just in the produce section. So I'm not sure how that translates to you know, a wider audience, but it's something that you can certainly look for in any grocery store that you go to and see if they make those those snack boxes, especially around this back-to-school time. Now, what about, like, um, granola bars and things like that? So a lot of granola bars have a lot of added sugar to them. So they're not always the best choice because of the added sugar content. Um, it's not like, it's not the same as eating oatmeal, right? Even if it's like a, not like a, a chewy, sticky granola or like candy type granola bar, even if it's one that's more of like a crunchy granola bar, um, there's still added sugar content to um, to hold it together, more or less, like to glue it together into a bar shape. So I... Mary? Yep, we lost you for a minute there. You're back. Yeah, that was so weird. All of a sudden, it just shut off. Um, sorry about that. Oh, granola bars. I'm like, now I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, so they're great in a pinch, right? Like if you need something that's shelf-stable that you can, like, 
shove in a bag and take with you. It's good to look one for one that is low in added sugar, um, which you can look at the label, the nutrition label on the back, and it'll actually tell you not total sugar. You're looking for like the added sugar. Um, and I think that's actually how this topic came up is that at the very end of the show last week, um, somebody had made a comment about like um, um, like honey and maple syrup being a better choice than regular like white cane sugar. Um, and at the end of the day, they're all sweeteners and they're all very easily digested and absorbed. So they're all going to affect your blood sugar really quickly. Um, so it's not like if you're sweetening something and you're using honey instead of cane sugar because you're worried about the effect on your blood sugar, it's still going to change your blood sugar. So I know that, that that's something that we definitely wanted. I wanted to make sure that we took a few minutes and sort of dispelled the myth on that. Um, I'm trying to make sure that it's not because I put my phone down on my computer. Maybe that's why it shut off before. Um, right. Honey, honey still doesn't have any of those things that we talked about slowing down absorption, right? It doesn't have fiber. It doesn't have protein. It is still straight carbohydrate, just like sugar. Now, if you're somebody that notices that you feel better when you have things that are less refined, you could look at having something like um, a honey or even raw honey as compared to white sugar. But that's, that's not the same. Like, they're both going to um, impact blood sugar control in a relatively similar manner. Um, now, the volume that you need is different, and so that could be something. Um, I'm pulling up the nutrition facts for both of them, right? So for it, right, if you're putting in like a teaspoon of sugar into whatever, like a cup of tea, right, that's going to be four grams of carbs versus, well, this is interesting, versus a teaspoon of honey would be, yeah, um, 17 divided by 3, would be 5.6 grams of carbs. So technically, it's actually a little bit more carbohydrate per teaspoon. Um, but again, those numbers are very close. Um, when you're looking at a meal, typically has like 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrates, and a snack should be somewhere around 15, right? The difference between four and five is not, not a lot. Um, so then it comes down to flavor and what the person actually enjoys consuming and that they know that they can have some of it, right? So maybe somebody uses way more honey if they're using honey to sweeten so then suddenly they're getting in a ton more carbohydrates than if they just used like a teaspoon or a half teaspoon of sugar, real sugar. Um, would for them be a better choice because they can use less of it. Um, so the individual definitely makes a big difference when it comes to what to pick as a sweetener. Uh, and this is without getting into artificial sweeteners at all, right? This is just looking at other alternatives besides cane sugar, um, specifically looking at honey, right? And there are others too. You could look at like, um, what else, like raw sugar or, um, or I think I've seen coconut sugar. Am I making that up? 
but the same thing, it's all going to have a carb content to it. So it comes down to what you like. And typically, once you start getting into, I don't want to say alternative sweeteners, because then that brings to mind artificial, but um, other natural sweeteners beyond sugar, you also tend to be getting into a higher price point, too. Um, which then makes this healthy eating seem unobtainable. Yeah, coconut sugar is about the same in terms of carb content per teaspoon. So they all end up being relatively equal, which I know bursts a lot of bubbles and makes it not as much fun because there's no magic natural sweetener. Um to substitute that's necessarily better. It's really what you like and what fits your budget. Now, I think what also came up um, was the idea of, like, fruit being a better carbohydrate. And I think where this usually comes from is, like, picking fruit as your sweet food instead of like a dessert type food. In which case, yeah, fruit would be a better choice. You're going to get some fiber content to it and you're going to get the other vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and such from the fruit that you're not going to find in a cupcake or something. And so, and the cupcake being for this example, like more refined, you'll see that your blood sugar changes a lot faster and a lot higher than if you had the fruit. Um, with fruit as the example, though, bananas are two banana, which gets confusing. Um, which it can be helpful if you're looking to get in two servings. It's nice and neatly wrapped up. If you're looking to only get in one serving, you have to split it in half. But I have found that with splitting a banana in half, um, if I leave the other half in the peel and then put it in a plastic bag, it's still good the next day, right? Like it doesn't get like weird and dried out or super brown or mushy. I feel like bananas change textures very easily. You know, you brought up a really good point that sugar is sugar no matter where it comes from. And we live in this delusion at times where we think if we find it in an alternative format, you know, stevia or coconut sugar or whatever the newest trend is, that it's better for you. But in the most part, it's still sugar. Honey. So now, stevia is interesting that you mentioned that. Um, So the stevia you buy in the grocery store is usually not straight stevia. It's usually mixed with um, like a sugar alcohol to give it a little bit more volume because stevia is a natural sweetener that is – it's like 100 to 300 times sweeter than traditional like table sugar, cane sugar, white sugar. So that is actually a natural alternative that is um, that is extremely low calorie, extremely low carb, but it's typically not found as straight stevia in the grocery store. It's t- like I said, it's typically mixed with um, with a sugar alcohol, um, and then sugar alcohols fall into that like kind of artificial sweetener category. Um, what happens with sugar alcohols is that our bodies, human bodies, can't process them, and so we don't absorb it, and it just comes out as waste. Sure. Um, And what can happen is if you have too much sugar alcohol, 
uh, it can cause GI upset. So it can end up pushing things through faster, and you end up with, uh, with diarrhea if you have too much of it, the sugar alcohol. <laughs> Not necessarily for everybody. I feel like I have yet to find my upper limit on sugar alcohol, but um, some people are much more sensitive to it and can't have any versus other people, it doesn't really bother them. But, yeah, stevia is that one sort of in-the-middle type thing where, like, it is natural, but it's hard to find just raw, only stevia, not mixed with something else. So it's a, it's a, it's a gray area, I guess, like much of what I do, I feel like. Um, also, some people don't like the taste. It's not just sweet. It does have a little bit of its own taste. Um, I did not like it at first. But then, I don't know, I went back like a few years later and tried it again, and, and it didn't bother me. But I do very distinctly remember when I very first tried like a soda made with CBS, the sweetener, I did not like the flavor. I have a question. Absolutely. What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference between, like, you know, the sugar content between a ripe banana or against, like, a, a you know, a green banana? So when it ripens up, you know, the sugar content is that higher? Um, it's. I'm trying to think of a good way to, um, to like, it's not, it, it changes a little bit, but more of what's happening is the, the carbohydrates in the banana um, break, break down, basically, or change a little bit as the banana ripens, and so you taste it being sweeter, right? You perceive it as sweeter, um, mm-hmm. but... It's not a huge difference. I'm getting you an exact number because that's just sort of who I am. Um, it's okay. Unripe to slightly ripe is not a difference. It's a difference of maybe like one gram per hundred, which is very very small. Um, but if you go from unripe to overripe, right, where it is very mm-hmm. spotted, that you're going to see a difference of it looks like two and a half grams of, of sucrose per mm-hmm. um, per 100 grams. Again, not huge. Um, for reference, let's look up like the weight of a regular banana. Um Well, go medium then, so at least the the taste would be a little bit better compared to the green, you know, which is probably a little bit more bitter. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, okay, so one medium banana is just over 100 grams. So, again, it's not a big difference. Like what I was talking about was like honey versus sugar. When you're looking at a difference of of one gram of carbohydrate, that's not going to make or break your day um, at all. So, yeah, middle of the road versus a super ripe banana would be better Mm -hmm. if you're really looking to dial in very precisely um, the grams of of starch or the grams of sucrose, either way, that you're consuming. Um, But it's – oh, some of this is very silly. Some of this uh, article that I'm now reading (laughs) – uh, just like dehydrated banana has more fiber per unit, which makes sense because you take out the water. But anyway, um, there's not a big difference, which I know is sort of a bummer. So it's best to go with what tastes best, right? So having something that's kind of middle of the road white is what I personally find tastes best because of um, there's really not much sweetness to a green banana uh, versus over rice. I find that the texture is not appealing um, 
So going with something that's got not much green left and a few spots would be the sweet spot, no pun intended, point for a banana. Um, yeah, but that's an interesting one I've had before, too, of, of people worried about resistant starch versus easily digested starches and so like fiber content is in specifically in bananas uh, with their ripeness. But you'll notice any fruit gets um, sweeter as it gets riper. Now, when you're talking about, like, fruits, say, you know, the dehydrated ones or, you know, the dried, like, you know, uh, apple chips or banana chips, you know, as far as the sugar content, other than that, I guess you said something about the fiber. Uh, what about the uh, sugar content with, with those compared to, like, a regular piece of fruit? Yeah. So think about dried fruit. You're essentially just shrinking the volume down. So right. a uh-huh. right. So if you take one banana and dry it out, suddenly you've got – usually you slice it. But anyway um, – you've got a much smaller volume, right? It doesn't look like as much food, but it's going to have the the same amount of calories, carbohydrates that um, that the full banana did. A regular? In a smaller, mm-hmm. yeah, in a smaller, just in a smaller package. So um, if you look at it by volume, right, and you took enough banana chips to be a half cup and enough fresh banana to be a half cup, you're going to have more carbohydrates in the half cup of dried banana, just because you can get more in there. Oh, okay. Um, which is where portion control definitely comes in. Typically for any mm-hmm. dried fruit, a typical serving to equal a, um, a serving of fruit would be a quarter cup of dried fruit. Um, okay. Another issue that comes in with dried fruit is that a lot of times there's sugar added to it, uh, which actually Target does a great job of having a dried fruit selection without added sugar on it. I don't know why Target is who seems to have gotten that right. Um, Yeah. Okay. Now, another question I have is that, okay, when you were talking about sugar, like uh, other than, you know, like say – Agave or like monk sugar is, are they, I'm presuming that's better than your plain, you know, uh, refined sugar then, right? Uh, No, it's going to, same sort of concept as like with the honey is that um, it's all got sugar in it. It's all got sweetener. It it is all a sweetener. Um, So, it's different, and this gets into the weeds a little bit. So, like, if somebody has IBS, it's a different type of sugar. Um, so some people might tolerate it better than um, than table sugar or than, um, like, maple syrup or something. Or actually, it's usually the other way around. But um, some people might not be able to tolerate the agave. But, um but no, in terms of glucose control and um, and carbohydrate intake, it's it's going to be the same as sugar. It's just a different. It's just from a different source. Mm-hmm. So while we're on That's that, all. I have another question. Um, yeah. I have um, maple syrup that I pick up uh, from Walmart that has no sugar. You know, basically, there is still sugar in it. Is is that correct? It or depends it what you're that buying. Is... Mm-hmm. So, is if it's a pancake syrup where it's not actually made with any maple syrup, you can certainly find mm-hmm. a sugar-free version of that. Um, you know, because it's it's using an artificial, it's, yeah, it's an artificial sweetener and then some sort of thickening agent 
to make it the same texture as syrup. Um, but but actual maple syrup, where it's from a maple tree, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. is always going to have naturally occurring sugar. There might be no sugar added to it, like they didn't put extra in, but that's not typical anyway, um, because mm-hmm. the the syrup itself is the sweetener. Okay. Yeah, but it, they may write on the front no sugar added because it's a marketing tool. There's so also no sugar added in the like five pound bag of sugar you buy. It's because it is sugar. It's kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are so great the questions. You read the labels. It is. It is. But um, we don't always know what we're looking at, right? And you don't always necessarily know the background of, okay, what is in a teaspoon of table sugar to be able to compare it to, like, the maple syrup versus the honey versus the agave, right? We're just sort of told in some sort of pop culture um, reference that uh, agave is somehow better um, and then just run with it because we heard it somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's always these claims out about different um, different sweeteners or like um, like sugar in the raw, right? But how it's less refined, so it must be better. Still sugar. So in terms of figuring out how much sh- how much total sugar you're having for the day or how many carbs you're having, it's going to function the same way. Um, yeah, one of the biggest differences when it comes to choosing certain carbohydrates over others um, would be like in my IBS clients where they have irritable bowel syndrome and so their digestion is a little bit different and so they tolerate things a little bit differently. So I might have them change sweeteners to be a certain type of carbohydrate, right? And that gets into like a ton of detail, but unless somebody really wanted to know the science behind it, I wouldn't typically get into. Um, that would be like looking at, is it uh, sucrose versus fructose versus lactose, um, right, which has entered like mainstream, lactose at least has entered like mainstream um, conversation. Uh, fructose just in the form of like high fructose corn syrup, but they're all different types of Carbohydrates, and so they're they're processed differently, they're absorbed differently, and so some people do tolerate them differently. Um, but most people, it acts exactly the same, right? And those wouldn't even be blood sugar changes. That would be more like which things are going to cause gas and bloating. Well, I'm diabetic. You know, uh, I'm type two, and so yeah. I do try my best to watch my sugar intake because most of the things, you know, uh, I, you know, one of the things is, that, you know, I always read the label. Main thing is like the sugar content in it, but then also the carbohydrates because you know that's just part of you know the whole thing. And uh, so you know, I do my best to get you know at least the lowest you know, gram as far as sugar is concerned. But yet I just want to make sure that, you know, uh, it's a good comparison, you know, as far as, you know, I'm only like 6.3 as far as the A1C. So, you know, I do my best. Yeah. Yeah, I I do my best. I want to get down to (laughs) 5.7. 6.3 is great. But, yeah, I mean, 5.7 would be even better, but, like, I'm excited hearing that you're at 6.3. Oh, <laughs> that's excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't tell me too much of that because then I'll get big in the head and I'll let go. <laughs> it, and it really comes down to what you prefer the taste of, right? So, like, if you prefer yeah. the taste of the agave over regular sugar, 
then go ahead and use that, but still watch how much of it you're having. All right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's and a very uh, I, I tried to make it. Yeah, I tried to make it so that you know it's not overly sweet because I'm, you know, not like a sweet person to begin with. A little bit of it is enough because it just kind of takes the taste off, you know, or or the the bitter taste of things, you know, and that's enough for me, you know. I'm not, you know, the kind that put, you know, two or three, you know, teaspoon of sugar in like a cup of tea or something like that. So that has always been, I thought, my advantage, you know, as far as that is, and which I'm really surprised that I do have, you know, uh, diabetes on type 2, but still that's not, you know, just from the sugar. It's just the pancreas and everything else to go with it, so... But, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I I do my best to keep myself healthy, you know, more than anything else. So, you know, I, and I also allow myself to cheat because once in a while, you know, and like you say, you know, moderation, you know, on that makes a big difference because you're not, you know, eating like a pound of sugar compared to, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so... It balances out, and I allowed myself to do that because I think it's just healthy, you know, not to walk away. But when I first discovered my my type 2, I pretty much basically just cut off, you know, all sugar. But so, you know, like as far as, uh, you know, artificial or, you know, honey and things like that, you know, I do allow myself to do that because, you know, it's just basically, you know, uh, the full uh, thing that, you know, um, I don't cut myself off too much and then I, you know, have the urge of having it and when I have that, you know, and then I overdo it. So I, you know, try to keep myself that way. But then, you know, I'm not perfect. Well, and right, you still have to live um, and enjoy, you know, what you're doing and, Culturally, we celebrate with food and especially sweets, so they're they're going to happen. But if you generally have a great control over what you're doing, that that special occasion treat has even less of an impact overall on your A1C and on your health. Um, so it's you're going about it the right way with moderation, but then also not using moderation as an excuse to, you know, have a sweet every other day and call it moderation, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's excellent. You've got a good pattern down. And that is, you know, sometimes diabetes has nothing to do with, um, or the onset, right? So getting diabetes doesn't necessarily have to do with your weight or the way that you've been eating. Sometimes it just happens. Um, mm-hmm. Even with type 2, type 1, that's always how it is. It, it just happens. Um, but even with type 2, sometimes it, I've seen people who are at a um, a great weight for their height and eat really well and still end up with type 2 diabetes. And it's just hereditary, and that's just the way it happens with their pancreas and their cells just aren't working quite right, so they need a little bit of extra help. Um, there is, there is, I guess, like if you want to call it like a secret to blood sugar control, um, and that's um, getting up and moving. So this doesn't, and I specifically mm-hmm. don't frame it as exercise, but this is like if you get up and go for a walk after a meal, especially if it's one that's got more carbs in it, you're forcing your body to use those carbohydrates for energy right away. Um, so you'll see Ooh, less okay. of a blood sugar spike, right? It's not like you're getting up and going to the gym. It's like, you know, going for a walk, you know, depending, but like down the driveway and back or around the block or um, even just like pacing back and forth in a hallway, but moving a little yeah, bit even after the bigger meals. Yeah, makes you right. use it. Just, just and so you're going to see your numbers you know, That would be good, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a, a cheat, but it's not really a cheat. It's like it's totally fine to do. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but that makes a big difference for some people. Yes, that's true. Well, I appreciate all your input. Yeah, absolutely. This is, I love talking about food, so this is really perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's, well, so, I don't know if I've shared this on here or not, but I was actually a physical therapy major until I had to take my required nutrition course. Um, And then I learned I could talk about food all day long and get paid for it and switched. Maybe I should take a course in that just to, you know, give me more knowledge and understanding, you know, of the food and how it affects your body as well. So interesting. It's really, you know, for something that we all have to encounter multiple times a day, I find that we know Mm -hmm. so little about it. Yes. Really? So it is very interesting to learn about how the food affects your body. Um, It just, it makes you a more informed consumer of buying products and of eating. Um, And then it helps you essentially help yourself, right? To stay as healthy as you can be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) one of the things that drives me is that I don't want to miss any part of my body, (laughs) you know, and just have to make sure that that puts a, you know, a, a, you know, a stop into like for me to eat too much of one thing or, or too much sugar and everything because I refuse to, oh, as a matter of fact, one of the things is I refuse to prick my fingers either. And so, but I don't want to lose any part of my body because of it. Hey, that's good motivation right there. <laughs> that's what I hear. It's, and, and those are the things that, really motivate people and you see the, I see people make great changes when it's not like oh I want to lose 10 pounds it's like I don't want to lose a toe like oh no <laughs> yeah that's right it's a lot more motivating oh my god yes but that's a definitely a good reason um but these were wonderful questions I'm so glad that you called in Diane usually calls in to every show. It's just very rare she talks. Oh, ask questions more. Because I know what I know and what I think people want to know. But sometimes what I think people want to know and what they do want to know are different. So it's so wonderful when I get questions. And Mary knows me. So you call in and just sit there and listen. I'm glad that you listen in. That's important as well. Usually yeah. she calls me after the show, and then I send you the messages about what we're. This is what you you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you can she's always message me the, too. She's part of the the uh, themes that we come up with sometimes for the shows the questions she has, and I just know how to answer it. Yeah. No, that's great. Questions usually get turned into content. So, Speaking of which, Diane, is there anything we want to learn about next week? Give us some ideas. Okay. I will. Absolutely. Yeah, let me know. Either put it in the the Facebook group, let Mary know. Um, Otherwise, I'll come up with something that I feel like talking about. (laughs) And um, I want to make sure before we wrap up that people, our listeners know that they can, if they have individual questions, they can always head over to my website, uh, wymannutrition.com, and they can there's even a link on there to do like a free 15 minute chat with me um, or they can, you know, do one-on-one consultations to get that really in-depth knowledge just for themselves of what they particularly need. 
because everybody's balancing different stuff. Well, my goal is just to get it under like around 5.7, 5.8. That is going to my, be my goal for this year. I love that. I do too. Great, great goal. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day. And you too, and God bless. Yeah. So I think that we definitely covered some great, uh, like, sweetener myths very specifically, which is awesome because there's so much out there. And there were so many misconceptions about it. What was that? There's so many misconceptions about that and carbs, you know, that they're bad. You can't have them. Or then you wonder oh, why yeah. you oh, yeah. get from work and you eat dinner and then you crash on the couch. It's when you feed yourself well all day long, you can avoid a lot of those, um, a lot of those crashes. You can maintain a good energy level. Um and just feel like less tired, less bloated, everything. But it's we don't go for that, um, you know, a more simplistic fix, right? It's not necessarily easy to execute, but right, the simplistic. Okay, I need to feed myself regularly. Instead, we look for like a magic food that's going to make us feel better. But it doesn't. There's no one thing that makes it better or eliminating things you know a lot of people think that the minute something happens you need to cut out carbs or cut out gluten or cut out this or cut out that without learning if that's an actual issue and restricting yourself on different foods without even knowing oh yeah that's that's never good for next week could be um, breakfast. Breakfast ideas. Is it? Benefits well, that breakfast, we could do that. Yeah. If it's, you know, is it really the most important meal of the day? Or. Oh, there's definitely things like that we could get into with snacks. breakfast. Snacks? Snacks, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I usually end up using my breakfast food as snacks during the day, too. So in my world, uh-huh. they're one and the same. Um, oh, no, my snack snack. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, snacks is always a disappointing conversation because it's not, there is no, there like, is place no. where Cheetos fit in nicely. <laughs> But there are things, you know, that can, you know, like uh, the, you know, nuts and things, you know, that could be, you know, a source of snacks as well. Uh, things that are a little bit more healthy, like just, you know, instead of potato chips and, uh, you know, Cheetos and things like that. There are, sorts, you know, other sorts of snacks that, you know, it's still good. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And like we talked a little bit about today, you want to pair certain things together. Right, so pairing, like, the carbohydrate with a protein so that you're getting a snack that's going to hold you over for longer and actually satisfy you. Both of those. I, I, I smell two good shows coming, one on breakfast, one on snacks. Well, this morning when I had my breakfast, I'm not the breakfast person either, so it was, like, you know, after 11 when I did. So I had two... Uh, this uh, fried egg and uh, half of uh, avocado and about uh, one tablespoon of uh, cottage cheese. And that's what I did. That was 
you know, what to me that was very, you know, a very filling, you know, meal right there. So that would last me for at least, yeah, a few hours. Yeah, that's great. So, all right. Well, we are at our one o'clock and it sounds like we've got some uh, ideas for next time. And I look forward to any questions that come out of this show too, if we get any on the replays. Always. Thank you so much. Message or talk to Beth personally or go on to the Facebook group and ask the questions there. It gets checked all the time. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us today. Have a good day. And join us tomorrow with Family Time with Bob Oakley at noon p.m. Eastern. Bye for now. Bye. Bye and thank you.